This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, Home, Part 6, Finances. Money has the ability to divide families more than anything else. A house divided cannot stand because God loves and favors unity. It is difficult for God to place His favor when we are divided. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. I'm glad in it. I'm giving God praise for another glorious day that He has afforded us to to see and to live. Thank you for joining us today, wherever you are in the world. I'm always honored, always humbled and thankful for the privilege to be able to come to you today. I'm in the midst of our series on family, on home. Uh, I'm in this section of our series we are calling The Family Feud. And we've already spent some time talking about the fact that the enemy wants to see our families divided. He wants to do everything in his power to see your home torn apart, to see your marriage come to an end, to see the relationship between parents and children deteriorate. And it is our hope and our prayer that through this series of messages and this family feud, that uh, we develop a different mindset in everybody's mind. Nehemiah chapter 4, where Nehemiah challenged the people of God as they were rebuilding the walls. Nehemiah said, fight for your home, fight for your family, fight for your wives, fight for your daughters, fight for your sons. And I want to say today to you, fight for your family. It's a family feud, but we believe that we serve a God who is more than able and capable of bringing even the most divided families back together again, or even strengthening families that might not even have a big divide, but to bring them to a place of harmony and unity. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to be talking today. This is, uh, uh, we, we gave four parts that I was going to cover on the Family Feud section of this home series. Uh, And last week we talked about uh, in unresolved conflict. How do we bring resolution to conflict? Today, I want to talk about the, the, the second piece that I think is very critical that brings division in the home, and that's finances. I want to talk about money. Money, more than anything else, has the ability and the capability of bringing divisions to our families. Let's begin with prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to share with the people of God. I pray, uh, Lord, that you take these next moments and speak to our hearts through your word, your truth. Challenge us, Almighty God. Allow us to hear your voice. Help us be in the center of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk about finances, money, 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 the OJs say. I want to talk about finances and the importance and the value of, of, of the role that it plays in our homes and our families. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19 says a very important thing. It says, a feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry. Listen to this. But money answers everything. That's a profound verse. Money brings solution to so many challenges and dramas and problems and issues that we have. Money answers a lot of things. And I would surmise and say to you that many people think they have a money problem, but I would suggest that it's not a money problem, but it is a management of the money that you do have. 
And so what I want to do today is spend some time uh, talking about money and the, the role it plays and give you some concepts and some principles, actually. Let me re- remove the word concept and say principles that I would challenge you to evaluate your own family and how your family manages money and the decisions that you make and see whether or not it lines up with the scriptures. This is, in fact, uh, a, a topic that I could talk about for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. Uh, so much study that we've done on finances. We have classes upon classes and uh, workshops and ministries that help people get their money uh, management together. I would encourage you, if you have not taken our financial freedom class, if you have not been a part of of Prosperity Partners, if you have not been exposed to any of our money management uh, classes or opportunities to learn these principles, I would challenge you with everything that's in me to please get connected to it. It will probably help uh, your life, your home, your marriage, your relationships, if you just know how to manage money. So yes, Ecclesiastes 10, 19 says, money answers everything. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus gives a story. He gives a challenge. He, he says this, listen to Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's a there's a profound truth that Jesus says. He says, look, if you can't be faithful in a little bit, how can I trust to give you more? If God sees that you haven't managed the money that he's already given to you, if you've misused it, if you haven't managed it properly, if you've been loosely goosey, loosey goosey with it, if you haven't managed it appropriately, how can the Lord trust you with more? And that's the very words of the Lord Jesus. And as a matter of fact, He says, if you've been unfaithful in the little that you have, if you haven't demonstrated faithfulness in what you already have, how can he trust you with more? Then he closes this principle by saying in verse 13, you can't serve two masters. There cannot be two gods, two ways of living, two concepts governing your life. And the challenge is too many of us are halted between two opinions, between what the scriptures say and what God teaches and what the world says. And he says, you can't, you can't have two gods. You can't have two bosses. You can't have two lords. And yet too many of us are trying to serve two masters. And I want to say to you, I believe it's the heart of God that we not be divided. Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, verse 25, And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. There is one of the the, the big issues that houses are divided, homes are divided, marriages are divided. And if a house is divided, that house cannot stand. What I've discovered is that we live in the midst of a divided culture and company. And the reason our culture is divided is because our families are divided. The reason we have these challenges and problems is we cannot make up in our mind which side we're going to be on. 
Our homes are divided. Our, our, we, our families eat divided. Our children play divided. Uh, we worship in a divided way. Our finances are divided. He got his paycheck, paybook, a checkbook. She has hers. He has his savings account. She has hers. And it's very difficult for God to place his favor upon that. Oh, y'all better hear me what I'm saying that right now. It is very difficult for God to place his favor when you are divided. I need to just drive this home because I know this is a big issue among families. This is a big issue in homes because our families, our homes, our marriages are divided. God is a God that loves unity. He loves unity. He loves and favors unity. As a matter of fact, Psalm 133 says, "How Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. As a matter of fact, the commanded blessing is commanded. God commands a blessing when people are unified. And this is the problem that so many families had. Everybody's doing their own thing. Our families are divided and we can't get under the same banner. We can't march to the, to the same drumbeat. We can't get on the same page. And I want to challenge families. I want to go through a list of things that our families are doing that shows that we are divided. Write these principles down. Write these concepts, these truths, these principles down because I believe they're important. Here's the first thing you need to write down is too many of us are living above our income. You got to learn to live within the parameters of the income that you have coming to you. We Too many are robbing Peter to pay Paul. You pay one person this week and another person the next month. That You have to live and develop a budget within the, the guidelines of what you have coming in as income. But so many people are, are, are unfortunately living way above their means. And it's just a matter of time before you, it, it all catches up with you. It's just a matter of time. You can't keep charging and keep spending when your income doesn't support it. And yet, so many are living way above their means. Here's another one. We don't use money for God's intended purposes. God has a purpose when he gives you money. When he gives you resources, it's there to meet a specific need. But when you take it and use it for something other than what God has intended for it to be used for, you in fact create a problem. Many homes have taken the money meant for rent or meant for groceries or meant to put um, food on the table and used it for something that was not necessary or needed. It's a big challenge and a big problem. Here's the third thing. We expect money to give us what only God could give us. You're not going to find satisfaction or happiness or contentment with money. Money cannot buy you joy or peace. It cannot order your steps. Money, we, God says he wants to be the only God that we serve and we look to. We look to God to fulfill us and to satisfy us and to give us joy. Money can't do it. It, it flees. It goes away. It's only there for a moment. But we cannot, we should not, I challenge you, do not expect money to give you only what God can give you. Here's another one. We fail to recognize God's disciplines. Oh, here's a, oh, stick a pin by this one. Because one of the things I've learned about God is that when he's trying to get our attention, when he's seeking to tell us that we've done something we shouldn't do, or that we failed to do something that he wants us to do, I believe that God begins by trying to get our attention by uh, affecting our, our resources, our money, our income. 
I say to God, when my money starts getting tight, speak, Lord, I'm listening. I, I know that that's how God works and operates, that he's, it starts getting tight. He's trying to get your attention. And so I would ch- I say to you, and I, and I know I say this all the time, people say, well, the Lord been trying to get my attention for a long time. Perhaps he has. And perhaps once you respond the way he wants you to respond, it won't be so tight or so difficult. Another concept here, another principle is that uh, we have embraced false concepts as truth. We take certain things that are simply worldly concepts and try to embrace them as truth in our lives. For example, uh, people say if you look successful and act successful, you will be successful. Now, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You can look and act all you want. That doesn't define success. God is the one that gives us true success and has nothing to do with what you look like or act like. Some of you try to dress successful and think that because you maintain the image of success, that makes you successful. That's far from the truth. True success comes from God's favor being blessed upon you and not based on what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of car you drive, what community you live in, the size of your house. That doesn't, that doesn't define success. As a matter of fact, brothers and sisters, I define the success when I'm doing what it is God has created me to do, when I'm being everything God has created me to be. And that's what I want to do. I want to live my life in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to the God that I serve. And I know when I'm doing what he wants me to do, he'll take care of every one of my needs. And guess what? He'll take care of your needs. When you obey and honor and do what he wants you to do, when you follow in his footsteps and you are obedient to his word on your life, the God that we serve will meet every one of your needs. Here's another concept. Here's another principle that we fail to do. We don't give God our tithes and offerings. There's another thing that has created so much division in homes and families. When one person wants to tithe, then the other person doesn't. When one person wants to obey biblical principles for their life, and the other one doesn't. I want y'all to talk about this. When we get through with this message, these principles I pray that you would discuss and dialogue about. I don't know about you, and I know a lot of people think and say, well, tithing was for the Old Testament, and uh, it's not for us today. Uh, you can believe that if you want to, but I believe it was, tithing was in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, amen. You can find that concept all through the scripture. And as a matter of fact, tithing was good for Jesus and it's good enough for me. It was good for Paul and it's good enough for me. It was good for Abraham and we can go on down through the list of biblical characters. It was good for them and it's good for me. And let me assure you that the Bible is crystal clear. When you don't honor God with your tithes and your offerings, when you don't give to God and put him first and have a healthy respect for him, it reaps consequences. You are cursed with a curse, the Bible teaches. And yet so many people are dishonoring this principle and so many families are divided and they can't get on the same page. I would challenge families and couples to say this to you. Just give God a try. You know what God says? Put me to the test. Try me, he says and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you that you will not have room enough to receive. There's the one place in scripture where God says, put me to the test. And I would challenge every family and every couple and every marriage to do that. Here's another principle. We expect to reap where we have not sown. There's another truth that people don't recognize. If you want to reap a harvest, 
You have to sow something. But we live in a culture where people want to uh, reap a harvest and they haven't even sown. They want to win a million, but they haven't planted a million. They want to harvest, but they haven't sown. The lifestyle that God calls for us to live as Christians is this. Sow and you will reap a harvest. Cast your bread upon the waters and after many days, it'll come back to you. Plant the seed and give it some time and after a while, it will come back to you. I am looking and expecting my harvest today from what I've planted six months ago, five months ago, because I know I've gotten in the cycle of life. I know how it works. If I give, God will give it back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's a lifestyle. I don't give today and expect the harvest tomorrow. I give and wait. And after a season, I know it's coming. So when I'm planning today, I'm looking out for what happens to me five, six, seven months down the road. But so many people are in the middle of their drama and their pain because they didn't harvest, they didn't sow. They want the harvest, but they haven't sowed. Here's another one. Let me roll on. Uh, we live and buy on credit and debt for everything. We are living and buying on debt. We are living and buying on debt. You cannot live and buy on debt. Debt is not the solution. As a matter of fact, what we do is we use our credit cards before we even cry out to God. We use our credit card and use debt and borrowing before we give God an opportunity to show us that he's an awesome God and that he can meet every one of the things that you absolutely need. But yet so many of us are in so much debt, our debt is way beyond what we're capable of even paying. It is not the will of God for us to live out, live in debt. I've been in debt, I've used credit, and I'm happy to say I'm out of debt, thank God. I've been in debt and I'm out of debt and I like living out of debt a lot better than living underneath the bondage of debt and the interest rates and the burden of the debt. I'm trying to tell you today, get out of debt. We're challenging our members and challenging our families and I'm challenging marriages to do everything you can to get out of debt. Somebody say, well, how do I get out of debt? You first get out of debt by stop creating more debt. Stop creating more debt and then begin to use your resources to get out of debt and pay off that debt. And when you pay it off, don't go back into it. Use any, any additional funds God brings your way and apply it to the debt. If we can just get people out of debt, the debt load in America and families is astronomical. It is not the way God designed us to live this debt burden is putting a lot of families under stress and strain. Here's another th uh, principle. We have not learned to walk away from a sale. <laughs> we go and buy stuff on sale. We didn't, we didn't even plan on buying. And I'm trying to say to you today, you got to learn how to walk away from a sale. You ain't, if it wasn't something you intended to buy, and anyway, don't do it. Leave it alone. Wait till you intend to buy it. Wait till you have the resources saved up to buy it rather than doing that. Amen, Pastor Jenkins. Go ahead. I'm doing the best that I, that, that I can. Here's another principle that we violate. We co-sign for people that the banks don't trust. Co-signing, the Bible tells us, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't co-sign. A co-sign is the bank telling that person, we don't think you can pay this back. Go and find somebody who will agree to pay it when you don't pay it. If what we think is true comes to pass 
and you're not going to pay it. We don't think you have the resources to pay it. We don't see a track record in your life that you have the capacity or the more, the 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 uh, uh, morals to pay it. Go find somebody else to co-sign, and we will t- we will get the money from them. And when you co-sign, the Bible says you you've you've done a foolish thing. The Bible says do everything within your power to get from under that co-signing situation. Don't co-sign, brothers and sisters. Don't do it. It has put a lot of families in a lot of debt. Here's yet another one. I'm rolling on. Y'all, I hope y'all getting all of these. Don't lend money to others. We lend money to others with an expectation that they're going to pay it back. And when they don't pay it back, it puts a strain on the relationship. And I'm telling you today, and I've seen a lot of families and a lot of couples and a lot of people make a loan to somebody and now they didn't pay it back. Now it has strained the relationship. Now they see your number pop up on call ID and they're not taking your call. When they needed the money, they were blowing up your phone. Now you're trying to get the money back and you're blowing up their phone. The Bible says don't do it. True biblical lending is this, giving with no hopes of getting it in return. That's biblical lending, that I'm giving it to you, but I'm not expecting it back. And if you can't afford to give something to somebody without getting it back, leave it alone. Don't do it. Don't give it to them. Tell them, I'm sorry, I'm unable. I'm not able to do that. That's a very sound, strong, godly concept and principle. Don't expect it back. My final concept is don't join in partnerships with people. Don't have equal partnerships. A lot of people go into businesses together, and unfortunately, they don't make the the understanding that uh, when you join in partnership with someone, if God wants to punish them, you also have to bear the brunt of that punishment. And I'm here to tell you today, I might love you, but I don't want to take part in your whipping. If God is going to whip whip you, I don't want to get the same whipping that you're getting. Not an equal partnership. If you're going to have a partnership, somebody has to be the senior person, 51%, who has final authority. Don't don't join into equal partnerships. Now, somebody say, well, you know what, Pastor Chickens? I don't see anything wrong with these principles, and I don't agree with you. Well, these are not my principles, brothers, sisters. These are not my concepts. Every one of these principles that I've listed through just now, and there are many more, are principles that are directly spoken to us through the scriptures. But you know what I love about God? Somebody might say, well, you know what, Pastor? I didn't know those principles and I violated them. Or I didn't, I, I, I wasn't practicing them. The thing that's great about the God that we serve is that he is a God that will give you and I another chance and another opportunity. He's a God that will give us the space to repent and come back and say, God, forgive me. Will you release me from the consequences of these challenges? Or will you heal me from what the pain I've caused because of the choices that I've made? And the thing I love about the Lord Jesus is that he is a God that will, in fact, forgive us and wipe the slate clean. He is a God that will restore us. He is a restorer of the breach. He can take what's been broken and he can repair it and fix it for us. Your finances might be in a wreck. Your family might be in a wreck. Your marriage might be in a wreck. But the God we serve will give you another chance. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. If you've strayed away from biblical principles in the area of finances, 
the Lord will give you another opportunity if you repent. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week. The Beyond Conference is going virtual. Beyond is an annual conference hosted by the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. Pastors, leaders, ministers, and small business owners across the country connect to learn best practices from church and business leaders. This year's theme is sharpening the vision beyond 2020. Ministry as we know it has been disrupted, yet the mission remains the same. Our goal is to empower leaders like you to think strategically in hearing, captivating, and implementing your God-given vision in order to remain relevant and sustainable now and in the years to come. You'll learn tips and tools in the area of women in men's ministry, discipleship, music and arts, church operations, Christian education, communications, community engagement, and much more. There'll also be a special session especially designed for senior pastors. You don't want to miss it. This year's conference is Saturday, June 20th. For more information and to register, visit thebeyondconference.com.